Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. For you are great. You are high and mighty. You are glorious. You are incomparable. There is none like unto you. There is none that can match up to you. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. For I know that you are here. And I know that you are here for a reason and for a purpose. We thank you for honoring us by being here with us. We bless your name. We thank you. Tonight, we lift up our prayer unto you and say, Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Holy Ghost power. Breathe on me. Yesterday's gone. Today I'm in need. Holy Ghost power. Breathe on me. Sing it again, everybody. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Holy Ghost power, breathe on me. Yesterday's gone, and today I'm in need. Holy Ghost power, breathe. Can somebody sing with me? Rain on me, rain on me. As for the rain. Rain on me, Holy Ghost shower, Holy Ghost shower. Rain on me, yesterday is gone, yesterday's gone, and today I'm in need, today I'm in need. Oh, Holy Ghost shower, rain on do this one with me. Ben in me. Ben in me. Everybody tell him. Ben in me. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Ben in me. Ben in me. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is gone. Oh yeah. Today I'm in me. Holy Ghost fire. 
burning me, burning. Lift your hands and sing. Rain on me, rain on me. Has came to rain on you, rain on me. Holy Ghost, shower, rain on me. Yes, that is God. Today I'm in need. Oh, Holy Ghost, shower. Sing again, Holy Ghost, shower. Holy Ghost, sing again, Holy Ghost, shower, Holy Ghost, now sing Holy Ghost, power, Holy Ghost, sing that Holy Ghost, power, Holy Ghost, now sing Holy Ghost, fire, Holy Ghost, fire, Holy Ghost, fire, Holy Ghost, sing Holy Ghost, power one more time, Holy Ghost, power. On me, be glorified and magnified here tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Say amen again. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated, and we are going right into the word of God. Amen. For some weeks, I'm going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Now, we've declared that this year is our year of progress and advancement by the grace of God. Hallelujah. But I must make you understand that there is one person, there is somebody that we need so badly and desperately in order to progress and advance. In fact, without him, it will not happen. This person that I'm talking about is somebody without whom the Christian life would be an impossible life to live. This person that I'm talking about, without his help, you can never be successful as a Christian. This person that I'm talking about, without him, we will be totally lost. And absolutely nothing will work for us. So who is this person? Who am I referring to? Now, you are smart enough to know that, of course, I'm referring to the Holy Spirit. And because he's so critical and important for us in our Christian work and in our Christian experience, I think that it makes a lot of sense to learn a lot about him and to acquire a lot of knowledge about him so that we can relate with him well. And by doing that, he can help us to experience the Christian life in the way God wants us to experience it. Can I have an amen from somebody? And that's why I'm teaching about the Holy Spirit. Now, who is the Holy Spirit? Number one, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. 
we need to understand who he is he is the third person of the holy trinity i shared that with you last week number two he is god the holy spirit is god and i proved that to you from what happened with ananias and his wife Sapphira. so this party called ananias there was a general understanding in the church that if god touches your heart and you want to support the brethren if you have any land or any property you can sell it and bring the proceeds and the leaders will distribute it according to the needs of the people what did brother ananias do he had land he sold it but he brought only part of the proceeds and he came giving the impression that that was all he got that day i don't know where he slept unfortunately he didn't live long enough to go and sleep at the same place again because peter received a word of knowledge and pointed out to him that ananias you are lying and then he said something to him why has satan filled your heart to lie to god we read about it in acts chapter 5 verse 1 to 5 he said to him you are lying you've kept back part of the money and he told him that the land was yours you see there are some people they like to impress they like to give an impression you know so that they will look a certain way they, 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 they will look kind they will look generous they will look spiritual listen there's no need to impress anybody we should just try to be real and anything about us that is not correct we should believe god and the holy spirit to correct that thing then peter said to him you have not lied to man but you have lied to god and i explained to you that initially he said to him that you have lied you've lied to the holy spirit then later on he said you have lied to god now logically what that means is that the holy spirit is god so that is something we must understand that whatever reverence whatever honor whatever respect that you accord to the father and to the son you must accord same to the holy spirit why because he is god amen then the third thing that i explained to you was that the holy spirit was there during the creation when god created the universe when he created the world the holy spirit was part of the team the father was there as a nigerian man would say the son was there as a nigerian man would say and the holy spirit was there as a nigerian would say all three of them were there so you remember 
how the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the earth. And the next thing that it says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What does it mean that he was what? There. He was. And so the creation of the world was a collaboration between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They were all there. That is why it is said of Jesus in the gospel according to St. John, the first chapter, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, the word there, so you see, when I mention the scripture like that, whoever is behind the laptop must immediately put up that scripture so that I don't have to ask for it. Hello, Jane Akai. Yeah. You see, you must always be a step ahead of me. Otherwise, you are not helping me much. So this is the gospel according to St. John, the first chapter and the first verse moving on. So Jesus is the word. And it is clear in this scripture that all things were made by him. The Father was also there. And the Holy Spirit was also there. Sometimes people describe the Holy Spirit as the creative force of God. But it's a bit erroneous because then you begin to think that the Holy Spirit is just some inanimate, you know, something. Be. So he says the creative force of God. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a person, which is the next point that I made to you. That the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. Say with me, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a thing. Hallelujah. So one of the very serious mistakes you can make is when you say, something told me that I shouldn't sit on that bus. Something told me that I shouldn't go to work. Something told me that I shouldn't marry him. If you are a Christian, then it's very, very likely that what you are referring to as something is actually the Holy Spirit. Because he speaks. He speaks to us. He prompts us. He drops certain things into our hearts, into our minds. And it is one of his functions in our lives to guide us and to direct us. Now, till we recognize that he is a person and begin to relate with him as such, we will not see a lot of progress in our relationship with him. Because if he's a thing, then what's going to happen is that you treat him anyway, anyhow. I mean, this is a thing. When I'm kicking it, it's not saying anything. It's not saying, did you hear it saying, Ade? Did you hear it say, Ade o pramio? Ade o pramio? No, because it's a thing. If I slap it, it doesn't affect it. It is my hand that pains me. So if you relate with the Holy Spirit as a thing, then you will not, you know, benefit much from him. 
But he's a person. He's not a thing. He is a person. And must be related to as a person. And because we don't understand and appreciate that he's a person. Often we ignore him. We don't mind him. We don't acknowledge him. We don't talk to him. We, 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 we just ignore him. And day in, day out, there is virtually no communication with the Holy Spirit. Now, because he's a perfect gentleman, he will not impose himself on us. So he stays there. And he grieves. It's like the greatest help you can ever have is with you. Yet you ignore him. And he watches us as we struggle. As we struggle with so many things in our lives. Charlie, you guys, you like this corner too much. Uh, uh, Eugenio, along this way. And then uh, uh, um, your friend is saying, cry this way. Come, come this way, come this way. And bow down as you are going. Go behind like this. We bow down and worship Yahweh. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying to you. I'm explaining to you that the Holy Spirit is a person. And we must recognize him and relate with him. That is why when we share the grace, we say, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are talking about fellowship. We are talking about friendship. We are talking about communion. When you commune with somebody, it means that you talk to the person. And I'm saying to you, my friend, you can learn to talk to the Holy Spirit. You can talk to him as a friend. Benny Hinn has a book, title of the book is Good Morning Holy Spirit. And in the book he explains that he learned very early in his Christian experience to speak to the Holy Spirit and every morning he acknowledges his presence in his life and he says good morning to the Holy Spirit. Now every one of us can develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit as well. You talk to him. You know, my mind goes back to when I got born again. And then not long after, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was an amazing experience. And I'll be teaching you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it's part of the teachings on the Holy Spirit. Not long after I got born again, I went for an all-night session. This was my first ever all night as a human being. <laughs> and, you know, so the all night was after I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I went for uh, a home cell meeting. And then the leader of the home cell prayed for those of us who hadn't yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He explained what it was. And then he prayed for us. And as he, as he laid his hands on me and was praying, I felt that something was doing me. Something was doing me. Something was doing me. 
And then before I realized, my mouth, my mouth was shaking. Then before I realized, I was speaking. I was speaking in tongues. And the whole thing felt so unreal. I couldn't believe what was happening to me. And he explained to me that you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the cardinal evidence that you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you are able to pray or to speak in tongues. I'll teach you about all of that. Not long after, he carried us for an all night. Men, that, that all night may pray, Papa. Because I hadn't done some before. But he explained to me that now I can pray for a very long time because I've received a prayer language which we call tongues. Now, let me explain to those of you who are here who are like new believers and all of that. There are a lot of things that you have to learn. Of course, not just the new believers, all of us. All of us. Because I've also come to re- realize that there are a lot of people who have been in the Christian faith for many, many years. But I don't blame them. And I don't blame them because of the pastors and what we teach the people or what we don't teach them. Yeah. That is why we have a lot of Christians today. They don't know the scriptures. He's been a Christian for seven years. You ask him to summarize you know, the prayer. We have finished praying. We say, pray and thank God. You should see them. Hey, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, I'm going to see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hey, God, you are good. You are great. Uh, Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. What are you doing? You've been a Christian for seven years. You come pray and say, Father, thank you for this prayer meeting. Thank you that your presence was with us today. It's such a privilege to be able to come together with the rest of the brethren to cry out to you. We know that you have heard our prayer and we know that the answers we are looking for will come speedily. Thank you, Father, that our lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. That's it. You don't need to know where it's like, hey, omnipotent God, omniscient God, omniscient God. The one who was, who is, and who is to come. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Yeah, Jesus, we are way, we are way, You don't need all of those things. Because when you're speaking to God, you must speak to him like you're talking to somebody standing in front of you. And unfortunately, we the pastors, we have the way of letting the whole thing look so mystical. And we give an impression. Sometimes we the pastors, we give an impression that we have God's direct telephone number. So for you to be able to reach to him, reach God, you have to pass through me. It's not true. 
is not true at all. God has given each and every child of his access to him. So he says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of God. The throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Never believe that you can't approach God directly. Never believe that somebody has to lay hands on you and pray for you before your prayers can be answered. It is not true. And it is because we've been deceived to think that way. So we are not, you know, benefiting much from our relationship, the relationship that we are supposed to have with God. So I'm just explaining to you that key to this is understanding that the Holy Spirit is a person. Somebody that you can develop a relationship with. Somebody that you can know for yourself. Somebody that you can talk to every single day of your life. That's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So he's a person and he's not a thing. I want to move on and talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Now, this is a little bit different, but I think that it's an important point to make. In talking about the Holy Spirit, it's important to make this point that it is through the Holy Spirit that we become born again. It is through the Holy Spirit that we become born again. If you are born again, then understand that it happened through the Holy Spirit. John chapter 3. Reading from verse number 1. I am teaching us about the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who got in late, I explained that without the Holy Spirit, you cannot make it as a Christian. And without the Holy Spirit, you cannot live a victorious Christian life. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot do well as a Christian. So he is very important for our Christian work and our Christian experience. And that is why I am teaching about the Holy Spirit. Because it is my desire as your pastor that you develop an intimate relationship with him. So that he can help you to become everything that God wants you to become. Hallelujah. And I'm explaining to you. So I've said a number of things. Again, for those of you who came late. About who the Holy Spirit is. Number one, I said he's the third person of the Holy Trinity. When we say Holy Trinity, we are talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. Number two, that the Holy Spirit is God. He's God. So he must also be revered. He must also be honored. He must also be feared. He must also be respected. Number three, he was there. The Holy Spirit was there during the creation of the world. So when we talk about this world that we live in, it was created 
through the collaboration of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he was there. He's always been there. And he was involved in the creation of the world. Then the one that I just shared with you before I'm moving on to the next point is that the Holy Spirit is a person and not a thing. So you have to learn to say, somebody told me, you know, and I was explaining earlier on, that often you hear people say that something told me not to go. Something told me not to sit on the bus. Something told me not to sign that contract. And I just explained that if you're a Christian, what you are calling something is a somebody. Somebody is somebody. Somebody is somebody. It's not a something. It's a somebody. And that somebody is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So you must treat him as a person. And as a person, you must mind him. You must talk to him. You should be able to say, Holy Spirit, march here. Holy Spirit, I pray with you. When your papa. One is a friend. You must learn to talk to him and acknowledge him in your Christian experience. Now, the next one, which is what I introduced a couple of uh, seconds ago, is that it is through the Holy Spirit that we actually become born again. It is through the Holy Spirit that we actually become born. Let me state it very clearly. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot be born again. It's as simple as that. So, if you are born again, it means that you have encountered the Holy Spirit. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, reading from verse 1. New Living Translation. Police. There was a man named Nicodemus. A Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Next. After that, one evening, he didn't want people to see where he was going. So, he went at night. Because it would have led to a serious problem. He came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, which means master, teacher. He said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Verse 4. Ow. What do you mean? Uh, what have you done? Go to verse 3. Go to verse 2. Ah, so you jumped 3. Oh. I said 4, that's why. I'm sorry. Now go to verse 3. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So now this man had questions. This Nicodemus, he had questions. But instead of going directly to the question, all kinds of things. But Jesus knew what he needed. And Jesus knew what had to be dealt with. So he went straight to the point and told him, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, 
I assure you. Now notice what Jesus said to him. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The winds blow, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Now, this is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. Explaining to him something very important that he needed to know. And what he needed to know was that except a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Or in other words, he cannot make it to heaven unless you are born again. And then he went on to explain that unless you are born of the water and of the spirit, unless you are born of the water and of the spirit, what does he mean? You must understand that often there in scripture, in different places in scripture, when they talk about water, it is referring to the word of God. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 26. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 26. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. Now the church is you and I. All of us together. That is the church. He gave up his life for her. So in the Bible, the church is referred to as a woman. So Jesus is the groom. And the church is the bride. So if the church is the bride, then the church is the, is the, is the wife. Or is the woman. He said he gave up his life for her. To make her, that is the church, holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's word. Give me the King James Version. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So there are different places in the scripture. When we are referring to water, we are referring to the word of God. So when Jesus says that except you are born of water and of the spirit. What he's explaining is that for you to be, and the bond that he was talking about is not physical birth. That's why he said that human beings give birth to human life. But the, but, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So the bond there is not the physical thing of being born. He's talking about that spiritual experience called being born again. So he's explaining that to become born again. And it's when you become born again that you can make it to heaven. If you are not born again, you won't have a place in heaven. And it's explaining that that born again experience, it comes through two agents. Number one, the water, which is the word of God. 
And then number two, the spirit. In fact, it is actually the spirit who works through the water or the word and then he gets us to become born again. I'll explain it further to you. Eugenio, how did you become born again? What happened that day? Where were you? Yes, the day you became born again, what happened? What happened before you became born again? It happened somewhere. Do you remember the day you got born again? Where was this? In the church. You came to church. And then when you came to church, what happened? Was it me? Somebody else? Okay. Oh, sorry. So, the person preached. And then after he preached, he made an altar call. And then you were touched. And you went forward. And you went to pray the prayer. Then after that, they told you that you were born again. Now, do you notice that it was after you heard the word that you became born again. So without the word, you cannot become born again. But it's not just about hearing the word. Because there are many people who hear the word, but nothing happens to them. But what happened to you on that day was that the word that you heard, the Holy Spirit took it and used that word and worked on your heart and worked on your mind and cleansed you with that word. And then he caused your spirit to be regenerated. And that's how you became born again. Because the born again experience, it doesn't happen to your physical body. It happens to the real you, which is a spirit. Because everybody seated here today is a spirit who lives inside a body. So when you die, your spirit comes out of your body. And it lives on forever. If you are born again, that spirit will end up in heaven. If you are not born again, that spirit, the real you, will end up in hell. So the part of you that is buried when you die is just the container, the shell. It is buried. But the real you continues to live on. And the born again experience, it happens to the real you, which is your spirit. And the one who causes it to happen is the Holy Spirit. It is difficult to explain exactly what he does. Which is what Jesus meant when he said, the wind blows wherever it wants to. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know where it's going. But we know that the wind is blowing. As I'm standing here, I can feel the wind blowing. But I can't see it. But I feel the effect of it. That's how it is when you become born again. You feel the effect of it. And although you can't really explain what exactly happens, it is a real thing. And it is the Holy Spirit who causes us to become born again using the word of God. Without the word, you cannot become born again. 
and it is the holy spirit who causes the word to have a certain effect on you look at this other scripture in john chapter 16 verse 8 john 16 verse 8 i'm teaching you about the holy spirit and who he is and in this point i'm explaining to you that it is through the holy spirit that we actually become born again without him you cannot become born again we are born through the water and the word and so in john 16 verse 8 it says and when he is come when you look at the earlier verses you see that it's referring to the holy spirit so go to verse 5 verse 5 so now jesus is speaking to the disciples but now i go my way to him that sent me and none of you can we have the new living translation king james but now i'm going away to the one who sent me so this is jesus speaking to the disciples and telling them that he's going back and they were feeling very sad he continues and not one of you is asking where i am going verse 6 and when he instead you grieve because of what i have told you verse 7 but in fact it is best for you that i go away because if i don't the advocate won't come the advocate if i do go away then i will send him to you now this advocate that word advocate means helper it means comforter it means somebody who comes to aid you or assist you and it is one of the names of the holy spirit he's called the advocate he's called the comforter he has many names so here he, it is the holy spirit is referring to now to verse 8 and when he comes when who comes when who comes and when the holy spirit comes look at what he's going to do it says he will convict the world of its sin and of god's righteousness and of the coming judgment so the holy spirit comes to convict us now to convict us means to make us see certain things and to make us understand and appreciate certain things and what does the holy spirit come to do he convicts us of sin that means that when he comes upon you and is working on you one of the first things he will do is to let you see and realize that you are a sinner because if you don't realize that you are a sinner you will not you will not see the need to become born again and it is the holy spirit who convicts you and that's why when you come to church like eugenio's example that he gave us he, he he was in church the pastor preached and then he responded to the preaching what happened was that when the preaching was going on the holy spirit took that word and convicted him that he needs to change that he needs to repent that he needs to surrender his heart to jesus so the holy spirit comes to convict us of sin and then number two he convicts us of righteousness what that means is that he makes us see that we cannot be righteous on our own and that the that that the righteousness that we need you see when we say that some when we, when we talk about righteousness we are talking about being right with god being right with god 
And the Holy Spirit, one of the things that he does is to make us see that we cannot be right with God by ourselves. And that is something you must be convicted of. Otherwise, you will not respond when you hear the word of God and you will not give your heart to Jesus. You need to be convicted and convinced of the fact that you can't help yourself. You can't save yourself. You cannot do good by yourself. So he convicts us of righteousness. And then the other thing he convicts us of is judgment. That is to say that a day will come when God is going to judge us. And if you are born again, and if you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, after the judgment, you end up in heaven. If you don't receive Jesus, if you don't get born again, when you are judged, you will end up in hell. It is the Holy Spirit who does these things, convicts us of sin, convicts us of righteousness, convicts us of judgment. And he does all of that to bring about that born again experience that we are talking about. So I'm explaining to you that without the Holy Spirit, you cannot be born again. And that is who he is. He is the administrator of the born again experience. He is the architect and the designer of the born again experience. He is the managing director of the born again experience. Without him, you cannot be born again. So when you meet people who are not saved, who are not born again and all of that, it means one of two things. That number one, that the Holy Spirit hasn't yet worked on them. Or number two, the Holy Spirit is working on them, but they are not yielding. (laughs) That's what it means. Because you have to understand about the Holy Spirit that he will never force himself on, on you. He will never force himself. So you have to be convicted and then he can continue to work on you. And so the Holy Spirit is a very important person in this whole Christian experience because it is through him that we become born again. So these are some of the things that I needed you to understand about the Holy Spirit and who he is. I'm running through it again. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. Holy Trinity means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So that Holy Spirit, he's the one we are talking about. He's the third person of the Holy Trinity. Number two, he is God. That's the second thing I need you to understand about who the Holy Spirit is. He is God. Number three, he was there at the creation of the world. That is who the Holy Spirit is. He's a creator. He was there at the creation of the world. Number four, he is a person, not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. And then the last thing that I've shared with you about who the Holy Spirit is, is that it is through him that we actually become born again. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. There are two levels at which you can experience the Holy Spirit. There are two levels at which you can experience the Holy Spirit. Level number one is before and during the born again experience. 
you can encounter the Holy Spirit. Because I've just explained to you that before you get born again, you need the Holy Spirit to convict you of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And you need the Holy Spirit to take the word of God and allow the word to work on you. So as you hear the word of God, it's like the word is water. That is washing you, washing you, washing all your foolishness away. Washing all your bad thoughts away and all of that. He takes that word and he works on you. And then he does a miracle. In fact, I think that the greatest miracle is to become born again. Is the miracle of salvation. There's no miracle that can compare to that. That somebody whose spirit is dead. Because when you are not born again, you are dead. Your spirit is dead. And we say that your spirit is dead because it is cut off from God. You know, it's like when you take a tree, okay, and then you break off a branch from that tree. Although the branch or the leaves on the branch still look very green. Actually, it is dead. Why is it dead? Because it's been cut off from its source of life. What makes it alive is its connection to the tree. When it is cut off from the tree, it is dead, but it doesn't know that it is dead. And that's what happens. The reason why we say that we were dead in our sins and trespasses is because we are cut off from God because of our sins. And when you become born again, the Holy Spirit does a miracle. And you who was cut off from God, he reconciles you to God. He connects you back to God and you become alive. And that's why we say you are now born again. That's what it means. And it is the Holy Spirit who makes this happen. Without him, you cannot be born again. So if you are here and you are born again, you've had an experience of the Holy Spirit. That is one level of your experience of the Holy Spirit. So it's through him you become born again. And then when you become born again, another thing that he does for you is that he marks you. He seals you. He places a stamp on you. So to, to make it clear that you are a child of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. King James Version, please. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now, this is a scripture that you can use to prove that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. Because you cannot grieve a chair. No matter how hard you sit on the chair for, you cannot grieve it. Do you see? But the Holy Spirit is a person. That's why you can grieve him. To grieve somebody means to let the person feel sad. So from this scripture, I can see that the Holy Spirit is not something. He's somebody. It says, and grieve not the Spirit, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So a seal is like a stamp. And when you become born again, 
the Holy Spirit stamps you. And it's a stamp of identity to show that you are a child of God. So that when the role is called up yonder one day, you'll be counted amongst the family of God. Look at it from the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit, you can experience him at that level. Before you become born again, he takes the word of God, brings it alive, washes you with it, does a miracle inside you, you become born again. And then once you become born again, he stamps you like this. So he himself is your stamp unto the day of of, uh, redemption. So in effect, what it means is that anybody who is born again has a certain measure of the Holy Spirit. Because he's there to stamp you out. So no Holy Spirit, no, you're not not going anywhere. So everybody who is born again has the Holy Spirit as a seal unto the day of redemption. That is one level. But beyond that level, there is a higher experience of the Holy Spirit that you are supposed to have. And that is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Next week, I'm going to explain to you what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about. But understand that before you get born again, the Holy Spirit has to work on you. After you become born again or immediately you give your heart to Christ, he stamps you or he seals you to show that you are a child of God. But there is a higher encounter or experience of the Holy Spirit that you need to have. And without that, you will not survive. You you, you can't do well as a Christian. That higher experience is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he comes upon you to fill you. And he fills you to the overflowing point. And he fills, he fills you to the point where you are now immersed in him. That's what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know that you are familiar with water baptism. When are we doing this water baptism thing? Remind me so that we set a date for it. Okay? But water baptism, you are familiar with that. So water baptism is where you are baptized. Not ponded baptized you are immersed in water it's not by sprinkling you are immersed in water so with water baptism it's something that you do after you are born again and you do it to publicly demonstrate that you are now born again and you are a child of god so the person who is baptizing you will hold you you will have some people with him and then they will lower you completely into the water and bring you up within two seconds. And you hold your nose. No, no, so, yeah, I like that. 
and then bring you up within a few seconds. And you do that so that you can identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So it's like when they are putting you in the water, you are identifying with the death and the burial of Jesus. When they bring you out of the water, you are identifying with his resurrection. So it means that as you come out of the water, you are showing that you have a new life in Christ Jesus. So water baptism, you are immersed in water. Now when we talk about Holy Ghost baptism, it is also an immersion. But not in water, in the Holy Ghost. And what happens is, when you, when you have that experience, God fills you with the Holy Spirit. And not just that, he fills you till you overflow. And then when you overflow, it's like it's all over you so that you are like immersed in the Holy Spirit. It's like if I have a bowl and then I have a cup in the bowl. Then I pour water into the cup. Then I pour, 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 pour. The cup will fill up and overflow. It will overflow into the bowl and then it will overflow and then it gets to a point the cup with the water is in the water. That's immersion. And that's what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost baptism. And it's a very important experience that every child of God must have. And so next week, by the grace of God, I'm going to teach you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me end by saying this. That what I am teaching you is what can help you to enjoy the very best of the Christian experience. And the key is the Holy Spirit. Not, 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 not any human being. It is the Holy Spirit. Not the prophet. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for bishops. Thank God for prophets. They have a role to play. But I'm telling you, the person that you actually need in your life is the Holy Spirit. That is why Jesus told the disciples that me, I have to go. Don't be sad that I'm going. Because it is to your benefit that I go. When I go, I will send somebody to you. Who are you going to send to us? I will send the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he's coming to do a lot of things in your life. As part of my teaching on the Holy Spirit, I'll show you the different things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And I believe that from this teaching and from the understanding you're going to receive from this teaching, your Christian life and experience is going to be very enjoyable and it's going to become very meaningful for you. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Rise to your feet and let us close. We are done. Oh, Yeah, yeah, oh, brana be sebo mama. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 
lesson about the Holy Spirit. I pray that as we've commenced this journey to learn and understand as much as we can about the Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, that you will reveal him to us and let each and every one of us have an encounter of the Holy Spirit that will change our lives forever. Thank you for who he is. He's our comforter, our advocate, our helper, the one who comes to aid and assist us. We acknowledge today, oh God, that we need a lot of help. We need your Holy Spirit. And tonight we pray that as we began this journey, may you take us deeper and deeper into him, into our knowledge of the Spirit. And into our understanding of the spirit. Thank you father. For what we have learned today. In Jesus mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.